Yellowway Talk Radio, the official podcast of the Mandalorian Mercs. We're a costume organization dedicated to charity efforts around the globe, attending events in Mandalorian armor we've built by hand. Here on the show, we'll keep you up to date with the latest fan community news. Visit our website at www.mandalorianmercs.com. Hello and welcome to Keldabi Talk Radio. I am your host, Crow, and with me on this episode is Thaxos. Hello. Ark. Hi there. And tonight we have a special guest, Mandalore the Uniter. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> In my best Batman voice. There we go. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be here. <laughs> I dare you to keep that up. I do. <laughs> really? <laughs> I am Mandalore. Now, now in that voice, say, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah, this works. This works yep, good. This is, yep, this is definitely the new format. This, this is fine. Yep. All right. Um... So thanks for downloading us, listening to us on your favorite streaming service. Uh, welcome back. Thank you. On this episode, we got a few things to go over. Um, we'll start with a little bit of Star Wars news. Um, one of the first things is that they have sort of news coming out in a bit, but they released some, uh, like a teaser chapter, teaser excerpt, excerpt of the new Thrawn book by one of our favorite authors, Tim Zahn. Um, it's uh, Thrawn Treason. And it sounds like it deals with the uh, the bit of the old canon where Thrawn, still part of the Empire, still a Grand Admiral, um, started really, like, in the old canon, that was when he started cloning people and doing the whole Hand of Thrawn thing and setting up, like, a separate mini-Empire out in the, uh, out with the Chiss. And the Emperor didn't like it, but the Emperor didn't do anything in the old canon for some reason. Um, no one knows why. Uh, so they might address that in this book. Um, either way, I'm going to read it because it's a Thrawn novel, and he's my favorite blue boy. I can't wait to read it. <laughs> <laughs> the Thrawn books have been phenomenal. They've been pretty solid. Like, uh, the one thing I didn't think I'd ever ex- I'd ever read was a uh, a Thrawn Vader buddy comedy, oh, that and so that's good. what I got. That's what I got in the last book. So sign me up. <laughs> I've always liked Thrawn. I like I like the fact that he's such a um, you know he's such a, a a manipulator of of the environment and the circumstance of what's going on. It, it makes him a really cool character. Yeah, because well, he's like the. I mean, they've had intelligent enemies like uh, Tarkin was intelligent. The Emperor was definitely intelligent, but like none of them were as smart and Sherlocky as Thrawn. And all he had going for him was was the was the smarts. Like Tarkin was just okay. He's a he's a governor. The emperor was a freaking Sith lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Thrawn was just this blue guy that no one knew about who just showed up one all the time, <laughs> and no one could figure out why. As soon as you mentioned mentioned the uh, the Sherlock thing, I thought of Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock and the whole like. <laughs> First, left strike, then discombobulate, and I heard Ron doing that. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure that's exactly what it would be. 
So just the next Great time you watch that, yeah, the next time you watch the uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock movies, um, just imagine him but blue. <laughs> like I mean, you change the the color balance on your TV, make him yep. a little bit blue, and bam, Victorian throne. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> Um, let's see. So, Thrawn book's coming out. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Celebration Anaheim. Woo. Um, woo! They announced it back at the end of Celebration Chicago. Another uh, one. The tickets, the tickets went on sale last week as of this recording. Um, we managed to score some tickets. Um, woo. managed to... The, the hotel process, much more streamlined <laughs> this year. Um, they still went real quick, naturally, but it was a much better overall process. I don't think they're using on-peak this time. I think they, they're actually doing the hotels on, on their own now, as far as read, read pop. Gotcha. I think they've got a different vendor for their, uh, their hotel booking tool because PAX uses the same thing. PAX is also run by read pop though, so I don't know. Yeah, I guess you could be yeah. right. It could be an in-house I, solution, but yeah, you're right. It's not, yeah, it's not I think they have, they have yeah. finally, they have created, you know, Commission their own in-house uh, team for hotel booking. So, so that. Yeah. I mean, I like on peak as yeah, it's better. But the only bad thing right. about on peak <laughs> is that it's a whole separate entity. So it's you know, I mean, at least as far as organizing it from the Merck side, you know, you had to talk to two different entities, and you had to hope that you know that one entity would would stay in communication with you. Um, because we always had communication issues okay. with OnPeak, at least up until Chicago, which was the first year we had decent communication with OnPeak. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Decent communication with OnPeak, but there were no hotels to book in Chicago. <laughs> you can't have it all. <laughs> yeah. Go figure. Uh, but uh, on on that, um, do we we have the 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 workings of a room block in the works what details to be announced. Um, we are, yeah, we are working on it. Uh, it will be announced as soon as, uh, as soon as it's finalized. It's actually, it's a, you know, it, we are doing it in conjunction with, uh, with the seven other clubs, um, the 501st, Rebel Legion, Mercs, Saber Droid Guild, yep. Dark Empire, Droid Builders, and Galactic Academy. So um, we're doing it in conjunction with them. So we're all, you know, we all want to make sure we announce it at the same time so that, uh, you know, so that everybody can can have equal um, ability to, to partake of rooms and that kind of thing. So that should happen soon. Uh, I'm, I would say probably within the next, I don't know, week, <laughs> depending on when this, when this is released. Um, it, will, it will definitely happen in July. So I'm hoping for early July. So we'll we'll see. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the general setup for Anaheim. We are doing the multi club booth again. Yes, we will be doing the multi club booth. I think we've already announced that it's going to be Hoth themed. Yes. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I have heard that it is. Uh... <laughs> it's going to be. I'm sorry. It's going to be Empire Strikes Back themed. So it may not necessarily be Hoth themed. It may be. Themed uh, with uh, all different themes from Empire Strikes Back, but um, it's going to be ESB themed. So expect to see some Hoth stuff there. I'm sure there'll be some like Dagobah stuff there. There'll there'll be some, you know, it, if if you've seen it in ESB, I think that's kind of what 
what is going to try to be replicated as far as like props and that kind of thing. So okay, also ten, we got to bring our A game. Yeah, I know, right? There's an opportunity. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. Right. I mean, it, it, I, I think uh, from from what I have heard, I think the the clans in California, primarily Mandagalar and Herringalar, since they're the two closest. Yep. There, I think there there's talk of the, you know like a carbon freeze. A chamber thing with a with a oh. with a block of carbonite that you'll be able to stand in and get a picture in. Oh, that sounds pretty cool. um, That'd be sweet. Yeah, well, I think that's both terrible and delightful. Yes, and I know <laughs> there has been talk of potentially doing the 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 torture ta- the torture table. What I like to call oh, yeah. the, the Sparky table, but I don't know. I mean, we've talked about that at past celebrations doing that one, and it gets kind of uh, people get a little worried a little that that might be too far. Not it gets so family friendly, yeah. but. It looked cool. So I mean, especially if we get the real, you know, especially if we really put some amps to it, so that there's lots of sparks and people, you know. <laughs> oh no! I gotta protect all the gonkroids' feet. Oh, no. I gotta protect their little feet. Uh, that's that's Return of the Jedi. Yes. Well, okay, guessing, we're safe. All right. Yeah, so yeah, we're we're safe. Safe. during no, this, this timeline, the torture table is the one. Time for, this is where they yeah, lower Han Solo down onto it, you know, and he, and, and. Well, no, I know, but you were, you were talking about zapping, and I just had oh, flashback. I was gotcha. a little traumatized. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yes. At this point, no gonk droids were getting tortured in the galaxy. No. No. At this point in the timeline. Many boffins dying. Many boffins. Many boffins. I sent I sent a bunch of boffins to go get a coffee. All dead. The <laughs> <laughs> boffins died getting this cup of coffee. <laughs> so cold, so cruel. Uh, Good stuff. But so I was like, I mean, and I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of Hoth themed stuff. But I, there's it's already been mentioned of a fair amount of irony that we're going to basically a desert. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're doing. In August, and we're and we're doing the uh, the cold movie. I mean, we are gonna think cool but thoughts. We went over this last podcast. We, Hoth is a desert too. I mean, yes, it's an ice to, desert. Be, to be sure, yeah. to be sure. Like just just because it's freezing cold and covered in snow doesn't mean that there is more than an inch of precipitation per year. <laughs> so it's fine. But it's not a heat um, desert. It's an ice desert. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can oh, survive yeah. No, an ice terrible. desert with layers. You can you can survive a heat desert with layers. So yeah, Hoth is automatically better. But yeah, that's funny because I've been thinking, because my armor's black, and every time I go out in the sun, I regret every decision I've ever made. Yeah, why, so why is it I've that been, you and I chose black for our paint scheme when we're in the Hoth all the time? Because we're, we're foolish, Apparently. man. Like, <laughs> Ark here, she went right for, on her second kit, she went right for the snow mando, and it's paid off for years, so. Mm-hmm. I recommend it. I, I'm real mando... Well, the snowmando works so great in the heat because it reflects the sun's rays. Because you know, with it being so white, so it works in both both climates. You multi-climate. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, it's great. Yeah, people will see us at like summertime parades, and they'll be like, "Oh, Ark, you must be so hot in that." Like, it's it's actually crow that's yeah. Well, bullets. I'm, I'm dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'm doing fine. I don't know if I can bring myself to repaint my armor though. I might have to just I'd have to make a second. Well, that's. I'm in the middle of an overhaul oh, yeah. anyway, so it's like the only thing that I'd really have to go in on and completely redo would be the helmet, yeah. which surprisingly that paint's held on for quite a few years now. See, I'm torn. I've worn um, mine for so long. But now's now's the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You would have to make a new kit because your Thaxos kit's kind I, of iconic. I, I can't. I don't know if I can bring myself to make another. 
That's the problem. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, it's so hard to, to want to make another kit. I mean, you know, it's like uh, Alicia's always uh, prodding me to make a second kit so I can treat <laughs> without always having to be you you know, need a lighter kit. inundated with people. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I am actually going to have something new for – uh, for Anaheim, but it's going to be more, it's going to be more regal, less less on the below the waist, and a little bit more looking like the Mandalores of oldish, where it's yeah, you don't have to look like Dresden all the time. No, I've, I've aged out of that, man. <laughs> Those days are long gone. That's for the kids. <laughs> that's, that's a young, young, that's a young man's armor. I've aged out of that. <laughs> Those young whippersnappers <laughs> with their heavy armor. They're Canadian accents. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, clankety clanks as they walk around so loud. Yep. Uh, <laughs> funny old days. Oh man. Yeah, I've been working on another build of my armor too, and it's really it's just gonna be the same thing all over the all over again. It just needs an overhaul. But I'm doing it so slowly because my current armor hasn't yet disintegrated. Yeah. Yeah, you can still wear yours. Sorry. <laughs> Mine is actively oh, yeah. falling apart. I'm yeah, yours yours is telling you. I'm it's doing time. Yeah, pretty all it's, right. It's, There's like a strap here and a strap there that it's like, alright, time for a new strap. Alright, we're back to operational. Well the the only problem that I have, and I'm really surprised that Arc's kit didn't do this, but the faceted plates that we wear, there are a couple of seams mm-hmm. from where you actually have to join edges to get the, the 3D yep. shape. And that's where mine keep oh. you know, like those gotcha. those seams. They just keep sort of, no matter how I've bondoed or uh, PVC glued or whatever. Like the next step is just brackets. Honestly, it's yeah. <laughs> probably what I'll do on the next on the next set that has been in process for about a that year. That or you need just need to like make a mold and then vac form a set. I mean, that would hey, be if, sweet. if I if I could, I would totally back form a set of this armor. Like it would it would work really well. So, I have a back form. You would be able to get as crisp I have a back form in my fine. basement that's not doing anything. So hey, there you go. Road trip. All right, I'll ship. I'll ship, I'll ship yeah. you some stuff. I mean, yeah. I, I, um, for a friend, they haven't joined the merch, but um, he three D printed all the armor for his fiance, and. Nice. On the one piece, it was ABS. It just kept breaking in the one spot. All we did was we took a bunch of clay, supported the print underneath with all the clay, and then the vac form just pulled right on it. Yep. It was pretty crisp. Nice. Yeah. We nice. if if we had to nice. do it again, we'd three D print it with a little harsher edges and stuff just to get the detail to come through the, the vac form a little better. Um, but it yep. still turned out pretty good. And then of course with the paint job, you can also kind of highlight the, the seams and creases and, and edges so it looks a little more. Oh yeah. Crisp. But. It was also the second time we'd ever pulled any plastic. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like, all right, we're doing this thing. Uh, we're going to test pull on the, <laughs> on the jet pack. Cool, there's a couple of wrinkles, and otherwise it's pretty good. All right, time for the chest plate. Uh, okay, minor tweak, and then second time pull, perfect. Nice. Yeah, wish I'd done it a lot yeah, sooner. If I... <laughs> wish, I wish I was doing more of it right now, actually. It's, it's kind of silly. I need to find the time. As as much as I wish that I had a 3D printer, I think if I could have one like toy piece of equipment, it would be a vac form. Yeah. Like that's just granted the two go so hand in hand. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think I agree. I agree with you. I mean, I have a 3D printer, and I don't really use it that often. I use it really to to make like accessory stuff more than anything else. But I mean, I haven't used oh, mine yeah, in probably six perfect. months or longer. I mean. 
Uh, see, I'm, I'm the other way. I'd find out 3D print way more than the uh, than the vacuum table. I guess it's just because... But it, it really depends on what you're so trying you to make. To make yeah, yeah. well, I think it's mostly stuff. because I just I just don't... I try not to use plastic as much as possible because it breaks when I put it on things. When I put it on metal things. Yeah, we just... So. <laughs> well, what we need to do is is spend a little time and figure out how to... Because you can use 3D printed stuff and then cast it in metal. Well, that's that's true. I can do that now. I have a, four, a foundry I can do that in, but that's really expensive. We it's, do that. Yeah, but it, it. I mean, but then it's not plastic, and it doesn't oh, break. Yeah, but then you, but then you got a, then you got a solid hunk of metal strapped to your body. Oh yeah, and then we're heading back towards and Dresden. That's, and that's really territory. what we're all about. <laughs> exactly, I and mean, it's it's tough. I mean, it's it's yeah. You you can do you can do like a, a lost PLA, yeah. but the problem there is you've got to have a um, you've got to have a, a furnace that you can burn the PLA out in. I tried doing a lost wax casting of uh, of the fin that I put on my my new metal helmet that I'm working on, and I made the mistake of putting it in the oven uh, <laughs> to get the wax out, and the wax boiled and popped everywhere oh, in the oven. No. And luckily, it was luckily it was still hot enough. I had I had to crawl in the oven. It was like 300 <laughs> degrees in there and wipe it all out. And and hopefully, at least it does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> Uh, so that she will not find out that I did that, but, uh, it did not work out well. It was, it was not good. So, um, yeah, you, it's, it's a lot more difficult than what people think it we'll, is. We'll just edit over and just have this long beep when you're telling the thing. Yeah. No, right? yeah. It's, it's... no, no, I gotta, I gotta keep all, all possible oh, yeah. incriminating evidence in here. <laughs> no, bro. my wife's no, on bro. this we, show, figured, so you guys don't, you don't get I figured, to hide. Bro, we would hang on to that little tidbit. <laughs> Not let the rest of the members get it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right. Okay, I see what you're saying. And, and then it's like, hey, Tom, you're coming we, back on the podcast, uh, right? No, I'm too busy. Well, about that. <laughs> maybe that, maybe that'll be like a stretch goal or something when we when we monetize the podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That'll go over well. Yeah. <laughs> the Mandalore's yeah. lost tapes. Yeah, that'll be. That'll That's be um. The stretch goals right after we, we get that Lego sponsorship, right? It's like the it's like the Nixon tapes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the Mandalore yeah. tapes. <laughs> oh, we got this like sixteen minute file. It's really weird. <laughs> Mando Gate. I don't. I don't want to go that way. No. 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 No, but no. Uh, but I have been working on a metal helmet, okay. and I'll have that ready for for celebration. I'll, I'll probably be wearing that. It's it probably comes in at a nice six pounds right about now. So what's that metric? It's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no, it's six uh, pounds like, English like money. Three. Didn't you know that? <laughs> like six, six, oh, I'll buy one. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's like eight Canadian. Six pounds of money. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's what like three kilos, something like that. That's not. I don't know. It's, 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 it's whatever the conversion, whatever the conversion from American to Monopoly is. I usually, for weight, I usually just double it. I know it's wrong, but <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. It could be in stone, oh, yeah. right? Like yeah. it's like oh, it oh, weighs but, like five oh, right. stone, I mean, or not even half, how much like you one stone. Away at that helmet. <laughs> I, I know, right? I don't have those kind of chisels. I mean, <laughs> I never understood that when people say, "Oh, I'm this. I weigh this stone." I'm like checking up random rocks. Or... What's? I'm like, yeah. What's what's this, what does that mean? Does that mean you got to carry around a burlap sack with rocks in it? Is that what you weigh yourself with? No, like okay. I mean, 
his, historically, <laughs> yes. Yeah, basically. It's like the stones from an old they, British they had, rock wall, you know? Yeah, yeah, they had, like, yeah, it was it was a system where someone figured out, they were like, okay, this is the rock we're going to weigh, weigh everything with. Yeah. <laughs> everything is going to be in yep. this rock. One, one Dwayne it was Johnson. Something, it's, <laughs> it's that rock they keep under the Queen's throne. <laughs> That's what it is. I mean, it's no different than like cubits and other things where it was, what, forearm length or someone's foot? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just imagine, though, like the, the guy dies, new person's got a completely different sized foot, everyone's just getting screwed on the exchange rate. I know, right? <laughs> uh, like, oh no, <laughs> Dave had big feet. Oh, my there gosh. goes the economy. Nice. Yeah. That's funny. Speaking of the economy, let's talk about the Senate. No, I mean, I was, uh, was going to say Anaheim's going to get a nice boost to its economy come next year. I mean, yes, yeah, they will have thousands and thousands of nerds descending upon it. Um, many of us also taking the trip across the street to Disneyland. Oh, that um, is going to be because there's Star so, Wars there now. <laughs> I haven't looked at. That's going to be nuts. Is Galaxy's it's, Edge already like booking that far out, or is there just going to be a mad dash for it like in a couple months? How does it work? Um, they are not. Book- they're not booking okay. that far out. But eventually, yet, they sure. will be booking that. <laughs> I'm. I'm sure because it's like a, like a lot of hotels. They don't right. book more than a year out. Um, we checked because if we're flying to the West Coast, we're going right. to make a vacation yeah. out of it naturally. Um, so. So I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what Galaxy's Edge is doing. They used to. They had a reservation system, and I think that's up mm-hmm. soon, if not already. Um, and then the park will be subject to its Right, capacity. yeah, I was, yeah. Because I'm um, thinking back to Orlando, they had, like, after-hour events, like, uh, last tour to Endor and, and, you know, like, the Star Wars nights where they had the hyperspace hoopla stuff playing, and you could go. Yeah. I think one of them you could go in costume, and the other time they were like, no, no costumes, but you could still go to the. That was, that the, was yeah, the, co- the costume was uh, when they were closing uh, Manor, right. the, yeah. the ride. Yeah, that was really cool. Yep. I would imagine yeah. they're probably going to do something Which, like that. Oh, well, I don't think it'll be in costume, and I, I don't know. I can't. No, no, but just like an after-hours thing for just the Star Wars. I can't really say anything about it, but yeah. I, I, right, I can't enough. really, I cannot confirm or deny that something like that may or may not be in the works. Yeah. So. I was just spitballing. I wasn't. No, no, I'm just saying. Like, I, you know, you know, I, I have to plead the fifth on that. So. Totally. Yeah. I will say, outside of any like sanctioned by Lucasfilm event, do not, yeah. and I repeat, do not show up to any Disney park in your armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah you will be a CNN breaking news story. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, do not do that. <laughs> We've had people not ask that are like, oh, I'll just do it anyways. And it's like, yeah, and you're not in the club anymore because that totally ruins. Yeah, our and you're also you're also not you're also yeah. not in Disney. They will. Haul you right out of that park. And really? the, number, the number of people they have at the yeah, park, it's security stuff, that, they have to enforce it. We want to play nice with LFL yep. and Disney, so please don't cause any headaches. Yeah, and it's it's just not worth yeah. it for the trouble. Because, yeah, you will be banned from all Disney property in perpetuity, period. <laughs> That's... It, we, we end up doing, I was just going to say, we like the clans that are local to Disney's properties... 
do have the opportunity to participate with like the Star Wars marathons that they have, and that's I think the closest that we get right oh, yeah, now. So yeah. we really yeah. rely on Disney and LFL liking us enough and us not causing any headaches for them to let us do that even. So if someone is going to ruin it for everyone, that would yeah. be a terrible thing. Yeah. That'd be how. Yeah. So at their invitation, great, but you'll know if you're invited. <laughs> yeah. And so we'll know if you're not invited. Yeah. And actually, yeah, the costume policy at Galaxy's Edge itself is such that um, true. they sell um, Jedi robes. Yeah, they sell they sell some pretty swanky Jedi robes. You can buy them in the park. You may not wear them in the park. Yeah. Nope. Um, you yeah. have to you have to not wear those because uh, I think part of it's because everybody everybody who um, is yeah. a cast member in that area ha- has a costume, so it's easy to look feasibly Star yeah. Wars. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, they're they're that concerned about people wandering around in costume and making trouble for. I, I yes, for they the they do not want people confused. They don't want regular uh, customers confused as staff because that would be bad. Yeah, it makes sense because the standards are very high for yeah. customer interaction and things which, like that. Which is a riot because Universal, um, both Ark and myself, have been mistaken for park employees <laughs> at various parts of Universal Orlando. I was just standing enjoying a beverage from one of the establishments there, just in my Merck's patch jacket, leaning against a pole, watching one of the shows, and I had, like, two families come up to me and ask me for direction. we do have some manners that actually work. So... <laughs> oh, I know, but yeah, like they, they don't. don't wear their patch they're not standing there with their patch dra- jackets, yeah. enjoying a beverage on their shift. Like it's just not, ironically, we actually have people not, that work at it that are a part of the movie. Yeah. So and and you are you got over in the Jurassic Park yes. side of things because you were waiting for me standing on a curb. Same yeah. thing. Yeah, my my patch jacket makes me look like a, a Jurassic Park ranger. <laughs> oh right, yeah. I can see that now. <laughs> so yeah. And I mean, those of you who've seen me and met me, I mean, I, I'm flattered that someone might think that I'm a wizard in some fashion. Yeah, yours is cooler. Yeah, that's like, that's pretty rad. I'll, I will accept that wholeheartedly. Yeah, Jurassic but, Park uh, is just gonna eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. But yeah, so don't, uh, don't wear anything at Disney that they don't let you wear. Yeah, just wear your um, everyday clothes. Wear your everyday clothes. I mean, there is also the, yeah, it's the uh, what's it called? Same thing as like uh, people who, yeah. Well, Disney bounding is acceptable because it's plain clothes in the spirit of Disney. Have some fun with that if you want to do that kind of. I don't even know what that means. Um, like kind of you theme your clothing to be thematically relevant to a character, but it's not like you're pretending to be that character. Oh, okay. Yeah, like like a common example is like if someone wants to dress as Belle from Beauty and the Beast, they'll just wear like a yellow dress with like some book and. Like candle accents and stuff. Like I've seen not a lot the of yellow dress. Yes. not the yellow dress, not the giant yellow. Like a yellow hat, dress that has thematic like, elements. Oh, well, that's cool. Remind you of yeah. that character. Yeah, yeah. No, and a lot, a lot of it's pretty neat. I've seen a lot of people get real creative with it. But showing up to get in line for Pirates of the Caribbean dressed as no Jack way. Sparrow, no <laughs> probably not gonna, yeah. gonna go over well. <laughs> wear a wear a BB-8 dress to the to the park though. Yeah, you're good. How about if you totally wear a BB-8 great. dress with a and look like Jack Sparrow? Eh, that might be different enough. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, well, I mean, it's all Disney now, right? Hey, it's all Disney. <laughs> that's uh, it's that's a, not it's Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, Part Seven, I believe. 
Oh, yeah. oh, Spoiler. we don't have. Let's not go there. <laughs> let's not go there. Yeah. Just, just saying, Zuri from Black Panther, Disney yep. princess. True. <laughs> Shuri? Shuri, sorry. Shuri. Yeah, mispronouncing the name. But yeah, totally a Disney princess. In all rights. <laughs> um, Max Klinger from MASH, also a Disney princess. <laughs> what? <laughs> There was a there was an in a, a thread going around Facebook and whatnot because Disney bought a majority of Fox. Right. Fox owns Mash, yes, uh, a TV show from the seventies and eighties, and there was a thing saying it's like okay, well, if this then that then this then that. So if Disney owns Fox and Fox owns Mash, and Max Klinger, Corporal Klinger, dresses as a princess. Is he a Disney princess? And I mean, I say yes. Why not? <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. you know, why not? It's 2019, baby. Yeah, Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't see any nope. problems with. It. Um, speaking of Disney uh, princess, so moving on. Let's talk Galactic Senate. Speaking of Disney princess, <laughs> yeah, let's talk Galactic Senate. So I guess just to start to go like to the the real base of this here, what is the Galactic Senate? Well, the, that's actually a pretty easy question. The Galactic Senate is a um, it is a, a medium for the leaders of the large global costuming organizations. What we consider to be, and I, I don't even know if I should say what we consider to be, but really what Lucasfilm considers to be the quote-unquote, for lack of a better term, recognized costume clubs, i.e. They, they give us events and that kind of thing. You know, we do events for Lucasfilm and Disney, so we're, you know, we're right. recognized by them. Um, it's just a, it's a medium for all of us to talk um, about issues in the, uh, the costume community, um, work together to try to bring... Um, inclusiveness to to what we do as far as the clubs, and just tackle a lot of the problems that face the costuming community as a whole. Um, uh, one one recent example is uh, some merchandise policy changes that came down from Lucasfilm uh, through the Galactic Senate. We actually had a conference call with Lucasfilm. All of the organizations, uh, merchandise officers, were represented on that um, on that call. And uh, it lasted about an hour, and we were able to get some really good information from Lucasfilm, and also give them some good feedback. So that's what we provide in the Senate. It's just, you know, it is just a space where the leadership can go in and talk and um, just work together to try to make the community better. So that's probably the best. That's probably the best explanation I can give that doesn't get overly wordy. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that good. No, and that funny. was around, and uh, that was kind of why we saw all the groups get together at Chicago, right? Correct, correct. That was the first. I guess that was the first real test of it. Um, now, since then, there there have been some road bumps. Uh, the five hundred first did decide to um, leave the Galactic Senate, uh, and a lot of that was was political motivations within the five hundred first. But that being said, the other six organizations. Um, you know, Galactic Senate's still going strong, 
And I know that, you know, we all kind of hope that the 501st comes back and at some point and, and joins the, the party, but, you know, we're, we're still moving forward and, uh, the, the Anaheim, uh, the, the joint club, whatever we want to call it, exhibit that's going to be at Anaheim, um, that's, that's a, you know, that, that came about because the one that we did in, in Chicago was so successful. So, um, now, if I might, I'm sure. also the file first, so I'm kind of curious on this one. Does like the file first as a whole being in the Galactic Senate or not? Does if they're not, does that preclude individual garrisons still participating? Um, I'm not seeing anything that kind of indicates one way or the other. No, so. the, the the garrison, the the Senate is not really at that level where it's okay. for local participation. It's really at the international level where all the international leaders participate. Um, there are areas where garrisons, bases, and clans, and, and, you know, spires and temples and whatever else they, they're, they're called, um, where they have kind of, you know, local and, and regional agreements to work together. Um, but as far as... like go- Anaheim, for example, we'll, we'll have right. all the groups. As far as Anaheim goes, yes, that'll be all the groups, okay. except except the 501st will be represented by SoCal Garrison. And it won't okay. just be, I mean, it won't be, you know, the 501st isn't, isn't organizing that part of it, that's SoCal Garrison, so. Right, okay, yeah, that was kind of the distinction I was trying to get at, is yeah. how it interfaces at the smaller, not smaller, but the non-global level Correct. events. That's interesting to know. Cool. So we will be, we're actually going to be, I'm not sure it's happening, I think it'll be soon, because we just passed this in the council, but uh, Merckx does have a second uh, representative on the Senate, and we're going to be electing that representative from the general membership. It's going to be a general membership nomination and vote. Um, it'll be, I guess, the first time the general membership have voted on anything outside of my the Mandalorian Uniter title in 2007. So uh, that, that I guess that's kind of a big thing. So that'll uh, I, I'm actually looking forward to seeing how that how that goes. I think that'll be a really good benchmark for uh hmm. for you know uh democracy a little more widespread democracy in marks so and because currently like where it's just the heads of the clubs basically like so currently you're our representative that's correct the I'm, right I'm not only my representative of the senate but i'm also the chancellor general in the senate so i run all the senate meetings and uh in the administrative. Oh, you're stuck with all the work. Yeah, I basically <laughs> do all the hard, the heavy lifting. Now, not not alone, but yeah, I mean, I you know, I run the meetings and set the agendas for the meetings and all that stuff. So that uh, and that's not really too much of a of a big deal because uh, you know we don't. It's not like we're we're having meetings over nuclear launch codes or anything like that, um, <laughs> yeah, which would be cool. But no. Um, yeah, you know, the the, the meetings, next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have two meetings a month, um, two two conference calls a month, which is a lot. We do mm-hmm. that, and right now, on top of also having a, two celebration conference calls with the planning team um, a month, we got we literally got one month off uh, between the last celebration and this upcoming celebration, and now we're back at it again. So I'm on a conference call with either the Galactic Senate or with the planning committee once a week, and uh, it's a lot. So, yeah. but uh, 
So, yeah, oh, it'll be, it'll be nice totally. To I mean, you know, that, that position of chancellor general is only a two-year Whoever term. I don't plan on doing it for a second term. One term was enough just to help, just to really, you know, help get the Senate off the ground. Um, after that, I, I'm I'm fine just being just being part of the discussion and not being the the person directing the discussions. So, yeah. And uh, one question that I've I've seen floated around with the. Uh, with the 501st opting to step outside of the Senate, um, that does not affect any of the memberships within the Mercs. Like anybody who's 501st is still a member of their of their local clan. Oh yeah, I mean no honestly, it doesn't really change anything side, as right? far as as far as it doesn't touch any any members in in any organizations. The only thing it really touches is the 501st's involvement at the at the top level. Um, you know, as being as being kind of a constructive force in the community, um, that's really what it that's really what it touches is is the leadership of the 501st ability to um, be a constructive part of the of the of the community. And when they're not involved in that, then they're not you know they're not involving themselves in a community that that to be frankly you know to be quite frankly honest they created. So. You know, it's. I try not to let it be a, uh, 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 you know, I try not to let it be one of a t- touchy subject. But it does when you think about it. It is a little bit touchy, in that you know, the five hundred first was the first group, and they're the ones that that created this, but they opted not to be mm-hmm. part of of the community. You know, they want to be just well, at this time. Yeah, at this time, I'm hoping that that changes. You know, but yeah. it's up to the, yeah. it's really up to the members. To make that change, and, and I hope that the members do that. So, yeah. Well, we won't we won't get into how. It oh yeah, let's not do that. I could do it all problem. day. <laughs> this thing only lasts so long. So oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't don't go bugging any five first members about what's going on. Oh yeah, most of them won't know anyway. So. No, yeah. no, I'm just saying for those that know some five first, yeah. like I'm in the five first, yeah. so I know more. <laughs> right. For those that are in the works that don't, but know file first folks, don't go bugging them about that decision. Don't say, "Oh, why'd you guys pull out?" Because they may not have voted on it. They may not have yeah. had any idea what was going on. They may have had an opinion. It's it doesn't yeah. benefit anyone. Correct. If we start bugging correct, them. Correct. Correct. So. Just to be cl- not that anyone yeah. would, but just to put it yeah. out there just in case. Yeah, and it's it's honestly at this point it's it's done. Like the initial, the initial, the initial decision was made, and here we are now. And yep, yep. And that's you know, exactly. we'll just keep on going on. What's the IAC? <laughs> <laughs> so direct. Um, yeah. So, I, just a couple weeks ago, I guess the council passed a um, passed, and I guess we'll call it an initiative to create an, an international advisory council. So basically what – at the beginning we were going to call it the – what the – the it was going to be the CAC, which was the what? Council Advisory – I think that's what – Council Committee? Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. then we had this bright idea of, hey, why, you know what? Why don't we <laughs> open deep. this up for the regions <laughs> to be able to interact with as well and ask questions and, you know, the, the conclave can, can interact because we're trying to um, – we're trying to really – yeah, legitimize all these different levels of mercs and 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 open them up to each other and and you know create a, a better um, 
create a, a better trying to find a good a good explanation or a good good phrase for this. I guess a more structured power uh, base would be a good a good way of putting it. So in doing that, we said, hey, why don't we open this up to the regions where the regions can talk to the IAC as well, and that we want to make sure that we you know that we have members in the IAC that represent Merck's. Um, internationally it's not just people here in the US we want we need to have people in it who are who have an experience and are in other countries because Merck's is in other countries so we we passed this initiative for the IAC and basically what it is is uh, it is an advisory council it's an advisory committee for members who have experience uh, you know either professional experience or um, just experience experience. Um, and can assist Merck's or assist in the direction that Merck's takes as a as a global organization. So you know it's for people who it's for Merck's members who maybe you know may have a background in uh, nonprofits that can advise us on hey you know I've got experience in nonprofits I've been on a board I've been on nonprofit boards or I have a degree in nonprofit management that kind of thing and uh, we can ask them questions that they could give us advice on based on their experience in those fields. So it's not something that is, you know, like we're not asking for professional work. We're basically asking people, hey, you know, what's your take on this? Um, is this a good idea for Merck's to go this route? And uh, if if these people have, you know, if these people have the right experience and they can be on the IAC and really help push Merck's in, in you know, Help push the growth of Merck's as an organization because it's it's very important. I think that we give our members um, more chances to feel like they have ownership in Merck's and give them the ability to really um, drive Merck's. You know, it's it can't all be about the council. The council has a lot of work to do, and uh, and things are changing. You know, as far as you know, we've we've already seen one constitution go out, which which governs all the clans. We're working on one for the regions. It's almost finished. Um, we've also got one for the conclave that's in the governance committee right now, and then we'll have one. We'll be doing some major uh, updates to the Merck's uh, charter and bylaws. So we're trying to to you know take Merck's in some more um, uh, nonprofit directions. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I think what. What might help for some people um, is some of that stuff came about when clans were running into issues like trying to right. public liability. Yes. And because otherwise, like, oh, constitution chartering kind of sounds abstract until people get that there's a component of it where it's like, oh, we're running into legal issues. We're running into the real world going, hang on a second. You've got a group of people yes. who need insurance. But who are these group of people? How are they defined legally? And it's stuff that we kind of exactly have to sort out in insurance some way. fund hand fund handling. You know, when you start handling money and that kind of thing, when money starts flowing into bank accounts, when money starts flowing across state and national boundaries, um, it's it's a you know it is an actual um, issue that we have to confront um, at the organizational level, and we have to have um, we have to have things in place in order to to confront those issues. So that's what we're working on now and. We have the IAC out there, and and would be prepared for some announcements on that soonish. So, yeah, 
But we'd definitely rather find ways to make that work than say, sorry guys, exactly. Quinn can't collect any money. You know, the stuff that the stuff that we've done in the past that now we're finding, okay, maybe there's a couple more exactly. who can jump through and whatnot. It's beneficial for the for the clans. Um, and another thing to keep in mind too is like, yes, okay, if you, if you have a small clan, you, you may not see the benefit of some of the stuff. It may look more like hassle in the short term, but it's also one of those things where we can't really just kind of apply it just here and there to some. It's got to be exactly. across the board. Which is a challenging thing to balance out the needs of everybody. When some people need it, some people don't. Some people it's going to be a hassle. Some people it's going to be straightforward. We're trying to yeah, I and mean, it's you know it it's 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 just the way that the organization has to evolve. You know, we have to evolve. We can't be stuck in the past of um, you know well this is how we do things. We have to um, always be ready to adapt. In true Mandalorian fashion, we have to be adaptable yeah. as a not you know as an organization. Yeah. So. Me? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm I'm from one of those small clans where, like, on a on a good year, like, we may end up yeah. collecting a couple hundred bucks um, for various re- from various efforts to go towards LWI or whatever the charity yep. that we happen to be supporting that week is. Um, but as someone who's had to have you know, a couple hundred bucks at a time go through my PayPal to get to the club. Yeah, it's it's nice to have a framework in there, like a nice legal <laughs> process where that where so you can follow rules go. and know. Okay, I'm covered. <laughs> I've done the steps. No one's gonna come yelling at me later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because each yeah, exactly. you know each each country has different regulatory. Um, that's the tricky part. Yeah, that and that's the tricky part is that each country does have. You know, separate regulations on how money is supposed to flow in nonprofits and uh, a what lot of defines com- a nonprofit. Exactly. Even. I mean, a lot of you know between the U.S. and Europe, it's yeah. fairly this fairly straightforward and relatively the same. Um, it's when you start dealing with Asia and, and Russia and that kind of thing was worth you know where stuff really Canada. <laughs> and maybe Canada. Yeah, Canada seems to be a little complicated with how they do it too, but. Um, <laughs> But, it's, that, it's that metric. It's those metrics. It is. Uh, it's yeah. those. It's all that monopoly money they metric got up there. But uh, yep. sorry, our legal system runs in metric. It does. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, that's just that's just part of of the organization. That's the part that people don't really see that the members don't see. And there's a lot of work that goes in. I mean, you know, every year we have to file taxes. We have to file taxes in certain states. It's it's a lot. And we don't want it to be a hassle. We want it to be as easy right. as we can. We don't want it to be a hassle on the clans. I mean, you know, they're, we, we want to try to be as, as you know, make it as easy on the clans as possible, which is why we do most oh, of that is, work that at the at the top levels. So yeah. that kind of – Well, and, and sure. to the credit of our wonderful education officer that stepped in, that's why we have the whole education department is to help with – Adding to this and making things easier, so it's a little, so it's easier to find info. It's easier to understand how to do the stuff. Yes, that we that is requested of of the officers that volunteer their time. Because we we need a lot of volunteers to make this thing work. Yeah, so. I need a couple clones. <laughs> <laughs> Got to use that three D printer of yours. Print yourself a couple extra. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> And so the next thing that we've got on here is uh, Mandalore Boogaloo. Yep. Mandalore Boogaloo. We've been boogalooing. Yeah, Mandalore yeah. Boogaloo. Yeah, what are we, what yeah. are we boogalooing to? Whatever you want to. You're the Mandalore. I don't even know what to boogaloo to. <laughs> boogaloo. Mandalore's pick. 
Yes. Just anything you want to talk um, about? Jeez. Promote. Ooh. Social media policies. No, your... um, I have. <laughs> and let's see. No, not that one. Um. You're, uh, you want people to add you on Fortnite? No, no. Game attack. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Yeah. no. Thanks for that. Mandalore the Fortniter. Nobody will ever guess my name on Fortnite. We should have a prize for that. It's What's no my name on one. Fortnite? It is yeah. not anything. Oh, please. It's nothing Star Wars. Please tell me it's Mandalore the Fortniter. It's, it's totally nothing Star Wars, so. Um, yeah. But, uh, it really is nothing um, Star Wars. Three, eight, it's, five, my Fortnite name <laughs> It's quite literally. Nothing yeah, Star Wars. My Fortnite name is Tom, Tommy, Tom, Tom. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was my next guest. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> and you're, uh, you're live on Twitch. Uh, That's right, yep. <laughs> all night. Pulling all-nighters on Fortnite. We're pulling Fortniters. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> four, <laughs> four days at a time. Right. No sleep, <laughs> no eat, no bathroom breaks. Oh, I know, right? Anime. That's nasty. <laughs> hey, they do it in anime all the time. Obviously, we can do it in real life too. If they can do it in anime, we can do it in real life. That yeah, is true. And that's the that's the quote from Mandalore. We're putting on the. Uh, <laughs> they can do, they it, can do it in real anime. They can do it in real life. All right, in, United, 2019. If, if that's the case, I would have been flying a giant robot when I was fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Where's that's that? Funny. That's funny. Um, let's see what what can we talk about as far as in. Uh, just stuff you're excited for, or things. That uh, are stuff that I'm I'm excited for the Mandalorian. I'm hugely excited for. Her. Oh yeah! I keep yeah. staring at that at that challenge coin John Favreau gave me, and I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this thing to come out. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. It's so it's, cool. it's going to be really awesome. Um, I still I still think of the uh, of the panel like because. Uh, a sort of 50-50 staring in awe at everything happening oh, on the screen and watching Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. And, like, watching, like, people say, it's like, all right, there's this giant group of people on, like, they have, like, a quarter of the floor, and they all have helmets. And every time anyone says anything, they jump up and down yeah. and scream. <laughs> <laughs> and then other people popping in, like, oh, that's just the mercs, man. <laughs> We really did, man. We rocked. Like, we rocked that joint. My voice is still half raw from that. <laughs> Two months later, still hard to talk. When, when you when they just sort of have a camera guy just like on your crowd <laughs> for the entire of the panel. I think yep. you know it was great watching right. that boom camera because all it did was just move right up and down our section. It was just like always focused on us <laughs> moving right up and down our section. And Warwick with his little uh, with his little um, scooter thing that he was on. Yeah. Segway. Oh my yeah. god, that was that was awesome. That was so great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Disney Plus coming in November. Yeah, November the thirteenth, I believe, is when the Mandalorian will be out on Disney Plus. And I don't think they're releasing all of the, the all of the season like all on one day. I think it's like no. Yeah, I think they're gonna yeah. stagger. Yeah, they'll they'll do oh, okay. they'll do an episode a week. I think. Yeah, like, they uh, want to keep you on there for more than thirty days. They want you on there for more yeah. than the free trial. Yeah, yeah. Netflix and Amazon have started doing that with some of their original stuff, and Hulu's been doing that forever. Yeah. So it's it's getting to be more of a more of a norm, but it's still better. Than 
broadcast TV because yeah, it's only once a week, but it's still whenever the heck you want. To well, watch. see, that's the thing. I've got to now. I've got to decide because I have Netflix and Amazon and Hulu. Yep. Which one of those yeah. now hey. do, do I drop for Disney Plus? Yeah, it's like yeah, right. yeah, yeah. No, that that uh, that couple months there, it's like all right. So who who's gonna win my affection? Who's gonna right. put something out? At around the same time that I gotta watch. Well, that's why I'm trying to binge all the cooking shows I can on Hulu now, since they're all there. You know, I'm trying to binge all those now so that I don't I don't miss anything. You know, when I have it, when I when we're not uh, subscribed to it for like six months. So. See, I am I am a little bit disappointed. It doesn't surprise me that Disney made their own streaming service because they've got the library to do it. But I am a little bit disappointed that when they bought Fox. They didn't just dump all their stuff on Hulu. Oh, wouldn't that be great? That would oh, that would have been great. That would have been fantastic because yeah. it wouldn't have changed my bill at all. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll accept it. I'll be an adult. I'll manage my finances. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just waiting for the <laughs> giant conglomerate of NetHulazon to pop up. Ne- oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. I mean, that's sort of that's it's been a discussion with us, like because eventually someone's going to buy someone, and they're just going to merge, and then it'll just be Blade Runner. Antitrust, antitrust. <laughs> well, that's that's sort of the the on that point, like where where do we end up going? It's just like, all right, none of us have cable anymore because we don't want to pay sixty bucks a month for TV. But when we're all paying for like five streaming services, it's the same thing in the end. Yeah, for sixty bucks, for fifteen bucks each. Like, yeah, where do we, where do we win? The only real difference is that the cable companies are dying, and then the new, the new companies pop up, take over all the business, and then the old cable companies are like, if we had just given them what they wanted, the ability to choose what channels yes. they actually watch and pay for. Exactly. That's well, yeah. I, the, yeah, the cable companies, they, they, you know what? They screwed themselves. I don't feel sorry for them at all. I mean, I feel sorry for any, any, any people that lose employment people over affected. it. You know, but yeah. I don't feel sorry for the companies. Um. We, you know, we still use cable for our internet, which I would definitely like to change because it's still expensive. But even mm-hmm. though we're just on internet between Hulu, Amazon, and Netflix, it's still cheaper for us to do those three and have our internet than it was to have uh, cable oh, yeah. internet, cable TV, and a cable phone that we uh-huh. never used because we don't have a landline. So. Well, uh, I still get years. I still get the companies calling me. They're like, "Oh, do you want to bundle like all seven services?" It's like, who actually needs all seven services? No, they don't call me. They here. don't call me anymore. They send me letters <laughs> and I throw them away. What gets me about that was there was one time that I I like they had raised our internet bill. Mm-hmm. Um, so I called the company. Was like, "All right, this isn't the rate that I signed the agreement to. Yeah. Dump me back down, or I'm canceling." Um, and the tech. The tech support person, the the call center person that I was working with was great, was doing a great job. As part of that job, she did have to say, she did have to offer. And it's just like, okay, well, you know, for 40 bucks more a month, we can bundle these services. And, like, I just had to say to the lady, it's like, all right, I understand what you're doing. But if I'm telling you I can't afford yeah. 60 bucks a month, what makes you think I can afford 100 yeah. The script I'm forced to read. That's part of my job. <laughs> <laughs> that's, and that's yeah, that's all it was. That, that's all it was. That was part of her job. She she was great. She helped me out. It was awesome. Um, but like it's at the same at the same time. I hate it when they say, "Let me transfer you over to customer retention." I'm like, "No, don't transfer me to customer retention. Just cancel this crap. Here's all your DVRs back. 
Don't send me the customer attention. I don't want to talk to anybody else. I'm talking to you. One's enough. I got some stories. <laughs> oh, I know, right? No, totally. No. I can say there's some edit, editing coming. Um, I, I, all in all, I'm pretty happy that we uh, we ditch cable for mm-hmm. uh, these new streaming options. However, I do really miss our telegraph line. <laughs> I think that that was a very valuable part of the bundle we received. I do, I do miss the ability to. Yeah, I do. I do miss the ability to to send a wire down to. If, to know when I can expect the next train. Yeah, yeah. Now you just don't know when the trains are coming yeah, anymore. Did, they just come through whenever they want. Did they, did, see, did, now, did they have you bundled like we did and have Pony Express in there? Because they had see, that they tried to upsell us on Pony Express. Where we had got able to send yeah, them by no, Pony the Express. Northeast, that never really took off, so that wasn't part of our bundle. Yeah. yeah but, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it took like a month for a letter to get out to California. <laughs> So, I mean, I was like, wow, really? This is great. It's oh, like, crap. You know what? I did pick the Pony Express option for our celebration passes, though. Well. Oh, no. Oh, no. 2021. Oh, okay. we'll, get our, we'll get our tickets. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're going to have to re-up. There'll be two little skeletons, like, there in Anaheim. And, yeah. I think we've, yeah, uh, great. I think we've solidly I think covered all the it. topics. Yeah. I think we've hit it. We we boogalooed the heck out of oh yeah that and that's a boogaloo <laughs> that was a, that sure was a boogaloo yeah we definitely we boogalooed the heck out of them cable companies this shows them <laughs> this was recorded on the uh, via the internet from no less than three cable companies I'm sure no. but that's okay <laughs> all of a sudden as your lights go off you know they just shut everything down. How'd they shut our power down? <laughs> hey, you don't jinx it. You were robot yeah, in the place earlier. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll sneak in a little beep boop of Tom at the end here <laughs> the, after the outro. <laughs> <laughs> we get an ominous, anonymous telegram that just says, you do have a lot of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> we're listening. Yeah. There it is. There it yeah, is. we'll just... You do have a lot of listeners. Stop. <laughs> no, you stop. We've been listening you closely. Like to stop. stop. <laughs> <laughs> it was Good awesome. Times. Yep. Good times at the Star Wars. You know, you joke about it, but it really is like that where I live, so... <laughs> it's like that I'm part actually having to walk stage. on the treadmill right yeah, now no, to generate the, um, my own power for my computer. So up, up, up here in Maine, I don't know if it's still in operation, but for the longest time, the world's or America's oldest rotary, not even rotary, like oldest like bell dial phone system, like the old like Alexander Graham Bell where the hand piece was a separate thing you held up to your ear and you talked into the horn coming off the wall. Mm -hmm. That was in mid, like mid North Maine up until only like 10 years ago, they were still using it. Someone up there had the phone number of six. They had the phone number of what? Six. (laughs) Wow. Six. Because there's only, only 12 people left on the line. So, You just would you honestly it's that it's the system that was old enough that you would call up, you would get an operator and you would say, I need to call Dave, please connect me. And then someone <laughs> had a literal switchboard 
put the plugs yeah, in. Yeah, they unplug yeah. the switch and they plug it over in the data socket. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Like, that was actually, only until recently, still a thing. Crazy. Our state is that old. <laughs> well, I mean, my dad still has a rotary phone that he uses, so. Oh, that, like, next, and uh, listeners, if you ever get your hands on a rotary phone and you know how to use it, put it in front of a teenager. It's, it's a riot. Oh, yeah. It's an absolute riot. <laughs> it is totally right. Like, I mean, I think any phone with a button or a dial on it right now would be like <laughs> they would look at that mystified. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, order a pizza. Here's the number for Pizza Hut. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> here's, here's the number for Pizza Hut and a rotary phone. Let me know when it's here. They use. Oh my god. We, we gotta not to continue this podcast too long on <laughs> random topics that have nothing to do with Star Wars, but. There's but a pizza place up here that's two 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 twenty two twenty two. So that at least wouldn't be too bad on a road. Oh, that oh, that's great. Yeah, they know what, they know what they did. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're smart. Yeah. I'll tell you guys a quick. Let me tell you guys a real quick. Here's a quick old person story right here. Okay, so I can remember when they first ran cable television here where I live. Okay, it was nineteen. I want to say it was nineteen eighty five. Yeah, it was nineteen eighty five, and. I remember before that, we used to have to go, and we had this dial on top of the TV on a box, mm-hmm. and you turn the dial, mm-hmm. and, and there were degrees on a dial, so you kind of had to learn, you know, you kind of had to know, like, like uh, uh, locations and stuff like that, like latitude and longitude, well, that, because that when you because turn you were... the degree knob, the antenna would turn. There yeah, was a motor exactly. on our TV antenna on top <laughs> yep. of the house, yep. and it would, like, vibrate the entire roof when it would turn the TV antenna. Mm-hmm. Well, when they came in and they hooked up cable, there was just this little tiny box on the TV with this old remote that was about the same size as a cable box, <laughs> and uh, it was huge. And I remember the first thing that was turned on was my brother, who was 10 years older than me. He ran in the house. Like, as soon as they hooked it up on the line, he ran in the house. He turns on Channel 24, which was MTV, and we're talking like this is old MTV from 1985, not MTV now where they don't even play music anymore. But Twisted Sister was playing, and my mom... And we've lost all the listeners now. <laughs> I mean, I, tell you, I thought she was going to destroy my brother. She's like, you don't listen to that devil music! <laughs> I mean, it was, I'm not even joking. It was so funny, and I remember it so vividly. That was cable. That's when technology changed the world, when my brother watched Twisted Sister. Well, that's so, because before, before that, you had the... F- three channels you could get when you rotated the antenna, and if the president was on, he was on on all three stations. Yeah. Or, or, my, or my aunt would hog the only decent station because that had her stories on it. <laughs> her stories, so I never well, got to watch cartoons. Well, that's still that's still the case, even if you have yes. like that's Now they stream their stories. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. You know. If your aunt's stories are on, nope, TV's not yours. No. Well, we really we really went out in the left field on this one, but it's funny. There are about sixteen There's people who can share this experience with us, and they're going to know. Little treat for the end exactly of the, end of the podcast, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> you made it. You made it this far. There's going to be a quiz. Yeah. <laughs> or are there people actually listening? Eventually. I mean, eventually. Oh, okay. Not right now. We're, we're not live. Oh, okay. the old live days. Don't get us started. Oh, my God. The for another time. Time. That was with always the, fun. Uh, yeah. With the service that we're using now, if we wanted to go back live, we could. 
Mm. It'd be a mistake, but we could. <laughs> <laughs> a mistake. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that might not be good. As long, no. well, wait a minute. As long as there's like that, you know, like a 10 second delay so we could like beep out stuff. Yes. That, that, be so that, would, that would be an essential thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's critical. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, going on. I'm sure. There's a, re- there's a reason why that is industry standard. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, people with like that said, though. <laughs> with that said, we actually made it over an hour of recording time, so hey. thank you awesome. for listening. Um, on behalf of myself, Faxos, Ark, our somewhat fearless leader, Mandalore the United. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, tune in next month. Bye. Bye. Take care. This has been a production of the Mandalorian Mercs Costuming Club. To learn more about the topics discussed on this episode, please visit us at www.mandalorianmercs.org. The Mandalorian Mercs is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated media are intellectual property of Lucasfilm and Disney. We hope you enjoyed the show and welcome your feedback. Visit our Facebook page or email us at podcast at mandalorianmercs.com.